Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Hey, 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 welcome to the new, what the hell is that? Hey, 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 welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Roy Kolick, New England's own Van Helsing, sitting right here at the couch at the beach house. And with me, not in Wales, not anywhere else, literally some all the way, island. All the way across the, from all the way across the pond. He is sitting with me next to me in the couch. Not, he is the gold standard in ghost hunting and almost knows everything. He is a philodophidus, so Steve Parsons. A philo what? Yeah, you know. Philodophius. It only said it 30 seconds ago. I can't remember that. I know. Remember you were just trying to get in first. There. It started Phil. Philodox. Philodox. Yeah. Duffius. Yeah. Duffius. Which you are diagnosed with. No, I have not. A person who loves the sound of their own voice and continually thinks that they are right. Really? All right, so pick a poll. Who do you think is loves their more voice more than... Steve or I, so just email me at anyghostproject.com, anyghostproject.com, and I'll post the results of the series, the, the survey. A thousand people have just voted for you. No, they did not. That's your see, Steve, not R-O-N. Yeah, so go anyways. Uh, so who talks the most, who loves the sound of their own voice? Is it Steve or is it Ron? Let me know. So there you go. Scientific experiment. <laughs> so he's going to be quiet, which will be interesting because he never got to talk to himself for a whole hour. Oh, like I can't do that because you love the sound of your own voice. No, because I love the sound of your voice. So I'll pretend to be you. And uh, I say, oh, fruit. Yeah. Bloody hell, that colic. Oh. Yeah. 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 Try the Dick Van Dyke accent. I don't have any accents. White Mary Poppins. I can't even speak English, never mind. That's true. British. That's true. You know, not even that foreign language, British. Anyway, what have we been up Jen to? Jen and I were actually, we were sitting yesterday, and we said, oh, uh, yeah. I said, I guess we're never going to invite Steve over for a game of Scrabble since he can't spell. <laughs> Sticks all those Jews and things and words yeah, that don't exist. Yeah, we can throw the letter U into lots of like, Everything. Giraffe. Yeah. I'm sure you can. House. I'm sure. Color. Yeah. Colors for sure. Potato. Colors for sure. But the, the U in potato is silent. Yeah. Similar to you. Anyways, that's what the U stands for. Anyways, you've been over here for almost a week now, right? No. A week tomorrow? No. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Tomorrow's Bloody Wednesday. Bloody hell. Yeah. And uh, we did Spirit Quest. We survived Spirit Quest. Steve. We should have T-shirts made. I survived Spirit Quest. Mm. Yeah. We will next year. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, Not because I'm having a, I'm taking a year off. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to let you back in anyway. <laughs> by Trump, then, Trump I mean, loves me. By then, we'll be in war with England. So Trump loves me. Anyway. Trump can't go to war with England. He's half British. It doesn't matter. We take his passport off him and declare him a traitor. I used to always have a joke that well, I used to always say. I'm half Arab and I'm half Israeli and I oh, hate God, myself. Oh, going into political territory. Yeah. Well, you brought it up. 
But anyways, so uh, Spiracles went well. Uh, we had a fun time, as usual. A good, good, exciting to see old faces. And Well, not that the people were old, but their faces were. No, no that doesn't work out either. Um, it's good to see people we've seen in some the past. Some old, some new, some borrowed, and a lot of them at the end of it were very blue. Yeah, anyway. Because they had to go home. Yep. So it was it was exciting, and uh, we look forward to it was our eighth year this year, and uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, they flew in from forty six of the US state, the lower forty eight. Yeah, and in the end, they were underworth underworld as well. I don't remember that one. Yeah, they were released from the the depths of hell. At least some of them were. What Vermont? Yeah, from Bernie Sanders' country. Anyways, Utah. So you've got a couple of events coming up. You have uh, one on uh, Friday, which is in East Bridgewater, or Whitman. And, uh, Whitman. It, yeah. And that is uh, It's going to be an interesting talk. I'm actually interested in seeing myself, and I usually don't say that about your talks. So, uh, yeah, when ghosts attack. When ghosts attack. So it's kind of like what Zach Baggins does, right? Without the drama. <laughs> Without the needless running around and overacting, and we watched an episode of that last night. You did. It was. A, I haven't seen one for a good few years, and I remembered why I hadn't seen one for a good few years when I watched one last night because the teller of curious tales insisted on putting one on. So we sat through it, and it was the most dreadful, dreadful debacle of the show. Do you know what? Well, they, that's rather mean. They were in Oregon. They were in Astoria, Oregon examining uh, the claims of a very large American lady who claimed that she was a ghost seer. And that she, Wait, uh, sorry, a, a, ghost a, demon, a demon seer. A demon what? Seer. S-E-E-R. Really? So, and she claimed that she has special superpowers, like superhero powers. Oh, cool. And that she pinned this demon into a corner. Then... With her superpowers? Uh, with her super demon powers. Yeah. She lent to Zach by holding his hand so that he could... How come you don't ever lend me any of your powers? So he could... He, can I go through the... Yeah, sure, fine. So without... So that completely freaked him out. So he had to then drive five blocks and phone back, pretending to be unwell. Are you saying he was acting? Then he was persuaded <laughs> to come back because the, the lady insisted that she had to take the power back off him. By holding his hand again. <laughs> then they decided they needed to sacrifice Aaron because they always sacrifice Aaron. Yeah, poor Aaron. So Aaron donned his ghost fighter's SWAT outfit oh, and went lurking around the basement using an SB7 like an assault rifle mm. before carefully placing it down and then throwing himself all over the cellar of this. Um... Actually, they had a command post vehicle which was disguised as a fish delivery van. Oh, clever. Very clever. Very so clever. the demon wouldn't suspect that they were outside. Yeah, in the fish truck. In the, delivery in the truck. fish delivery truck. Yeah, it makes sense. But it was just hammed up, overacting, uh, with no content whatsoever. No results whatsoever uh, that were meaningful. They, they, they had a ghost box that was making noise. <clears throat> um, and they had the SLS camera, mm -hmm. which detected the demon which had got out of the corner oh, no. somehow. Oh, no. The woman hadn't let it out, and Zach didn't have the power to let it out, but it got out. Oh, no. And it got onto the staircase. Oh, gosh. And then it did nothing at all, apart from turn the cameras off. Well, that mean demon. Not much of a demon, is it? 
I mean, if that was the very best that that demon could do. Well, it was one of your lesser demons. Apparently, it was a really bad one. Mm-hmm. If he. To quote someone we Yeah. yeah. But yeah. what what an over... Do you remember its name? I could look it up in my book of it demons. It didn't have a name. It was just a, de- a demon. I think it's Oh, the my God. It was one of the minor, 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 minor ones. I think the ace was for Arthur. Oh, Arthur Demon. Arthur Demon. Yeah, Arthur Demon. Anyways, the, uh, the opinions expressed were not necessarily those of... No, 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 seriously. Zach, Zach Bagans. Says, oh, if you are to, listening... If you are listening to this... Will email to you shut up a minute? I've got to get a disclaimer. No, I'm not getting, I'll do that. In a I'm minute. not getting hate. Well, hate. shut up. I'll do it in a minute. All right, fine. Zach Bagans, if you're listening to this broadcast, I challenge you to let us join you on an investigation the next time you're in the UK. And when you and Aaron are bouncing around the cellar like a pair of demented jack in the boxes, I will sit there with a cup of tea and a digestive biscuit and be perfectly fine, thank you very much. Because what you're doing is a complete disservice to paranormal investigation. Moreover, ethically, you are irresponsible. Done. Done. Email parascience at btinternet.com. Good job. So no longer will any of the Ghost Hunters uh, fans listen to the show. Ghost now, Hunters? They're Ghost Hunters. Now, Super now, Mario Brothers. Now the, now the uh, Ghost yeah. Adventurers uh, fans will uh, no longer listen to us as well. Oh, good job. We're down to six listeners, so that's good. Oh, I'm getting rid of them. <laughs> watch John Zaffis. Shh, no more. And come around your house and take your antiques away. Hey, I got lots of good antiques that way. Don't let John Zaffis in your house, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you collect them, do you know? The haunted antiques dealer. Hmm. Oh, sorry, collector. Anyways, so it was, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the paranormal world is, is certainly interesting. It's certainly turning in different directions than... they being very charitable. Than, ...than it normally was. Uh, I would like to see something more back in these... Sci- well, I hate to use the word scientific. I'd like to see it more on the analytical end than the uh, what's going on now. Uh, Most of them wouldn't know how to use the scientific. You know, I, if I was going to do that, I would only take cases that weren't demons. They only do cases because there are no such thing as ghosts anymore. Oh, no, they're all demons. Yeah, funny you say that, but there was actually a, a, a group, I don't know if it was Baptist, a ghost hunting group was Baptist, and, and they didn't believe in ghosts. They believed when you died, you went to either heaven or hell. Or so they, of them once. And they, uh, uh, you know, so they, they believed that if you were still here, then you were a demon. So they were demon hunting, uh, and, and that's what they did. Uh, but they they did pretty much they were doing ghosts, but mm-hmm. because they didn't believe in ghosts, they were called well, demons. Five hundred years ago, if people experienced paranormal activity in their house, mm-hmm. so things being moved about, or small fires, or pools of water, or they the saw bleeding, they they always the attribution was always demonic. Mm-hmm. Then we had the Renaissance and the Enlightenment. The what? At, the Renaissance. Is that a good sauce? You have a Renaissance, Janet? You like Renaissance? It's Renaissance, you said. Yeah, clearly it was something that happened to everybody except you. Mm-hmm. Then we had the, the classical era with the men of science taking an interest. Now, in 2019, mm-hmm. any bump, squeak, bang, or object movement in a house is now a demon again. We have truly regressed to the Middle Ages. 
the dark ages of paranormal investigating. You know, I've been thinking this over for the longest time, and you you try and engage with these people. You know, you reach out to them and offer them resources. You offer them access to... That's not a good one. That's not a great thing. That was a demon. Yeah, that was me. You were playing with the cable. No, that was me. But you, you, you offer them resources. You offer them the access to things like the SPR archive. And you are met with hostility, indignation, one, one response to the guidance notes when they came out was, and I quote, from somebody that never read it, who do the SPR think they are? Just because they're 150 years old doesn't give them the right to tell me what to do. Yeah. Makes sense. Now, you know, you you know, know they're still they stuck these, in a stone age. They you know, they're not up in the wide age. fuzzy pictures on social media. Anybody that dares to suggest it might just be blurry and fuzzy because they haven't washed their hands before they stuck the, the sticky finger all over the camera lens is immediately deleted and run out of town. Mm-hmm. You know, how many members are in the SBR? Roughly. I'm not going to hold it in exact amount. Under 500. Under 500. How but, many, but that's go- not wait a minute, how many ghost hunters are there in the UK? Uh, around 12,000. 12,000. The SPR isn't excluded. It excludes nobody. Anybody can join. So that's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Because the SPR, for those who don't know, is the Society for Psychical Research. Out of that 12,000. It has an extensive mm-hmm. library and, and resources, resources uh, for that are available to, uh, you know, and experts. They have experts that. Uh, there are no experts in the paranormal. Oh, there are two. You know that. Well, that's what they—that's what their response is always. Of course, there are. Out of that twelve thousand, I will wager that less than one thousand have a ghost book on their shelf. They must have Hans Holzer's ghost book. I would doubt it. That's the Bible. You always have that. It's Only because it's the right thickness. It's the right thickness, and plus it says big ghosts right on it. Yeah. I mean, it looks good on the bookcase. It acts so well. Nobody, nobody would have. I, I can't. I, you know, even Anne has one. Yeah. So the difference between you, me, and Anne, of course, is we've all read it. Excuse me. Moving on. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is kind of a sad in the way, the, the way we are going. And, yeah. and, 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 and in our reality, we have, to, we have to blame TV. And we, well, and social media. But we've reached yeah, out media. to these people. The SPR have reached out to these people. And for the longest time, we've tried to engage with them. I've tried yeah, to Yeah, not try to dictate, but no, to engage. I would never dictate. <laughs> but now, do you know what? I'm getting to the point where I think you're just going to have to call a spade a bloody spade. <laughs> If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And these people are doing a disservice to serious research. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it is. So I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's it's the way the world is right now. I've got my angry head on today. Not I know you get your. You know, you get your underwear too tight or something. I have no clue what's going on. No, but, because it's uh, hot out, so. Yeah, bro. You complaining tomorrow was it was too cold. It was cold this morning. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. So uh, that's a, a little rant. Actually, Steve's little rant on uh, 
the state of ghost hunting uh, today. I could do more. I'm sure you could. So, Steve, if you were to, if, you know, if uh, Netflix, for instance, came up to you and said, Steve and Process, we'd like to make a serious show about ghost investigation or paranormal research, what would you suggest to them? What would I suggest to them? Yes. I can't actually conceive of that happening because nowadays, you know, 20 years ago, a TV production company would contact you and they would say, we want to, exactly what you said. And we would say, well, we can suggest locations. You have to be aware that they have to make a commercial television program. So you want something that's visually exciting. Yeah. Uh, and you like would me. want somewhere. Oh, somewhere. I thought you said someone. Oh, no, well, thank no, you. No. That's all right. But yeah, I, I get it. And what you would do is you would leave the television, the, the, the production through the investigation process. So you would start off with, what did the witnesses see? What did the witnesses say they saw? How can we validate and verify that? If, can we validate and verify that information by using teams of observers, by using appropriate equipment deployed in a, in a good fashion? So if people had seen an apparition with their own eyes, then we would use cameras, but we wouldn't use SLS cameras or full-spectrum oh, cameras because people don't tend to see in infrared or ultraviolet. Then we would, we would, it's just a case of trying to verify and validate and understand mm -hmm. the, what it is that that person experienced. And if you can't legitimately explain it after you have objectively looked at all of the possibilities, not sat there and said, oh, can't explain it, or our photo analyst played with the sliders on Photoshop, or the, the demon said, unholy. On the when it was reversed and played slowly upside down. And then you've told everybody what they're going to hear. You're right, exactly. So that's how, that's how we would do it. But what happens nowadays is the, the production researcher phones you up and they say, we want to make a show about ghosts. And what we want to do is we want to do an experiment whereby we hang the medium in a metal basket and we shoot lightning bolts up the back passage Check size. and uh, we want you to come along we we would like an investigator but first of all uh could it be demonic and if you if you don't agree with everything they say they'll just go off and find somebody who'll pay them money to go on tv for their five minutes of fame yeah. then as soon as they've been on television they will then go onto their social media and say hey we're the stars of as seen on ghost cuckoos, a haunting, as seen on anything you like, yes. and uh, we're going to do a public investigation, and you're all invited, and we'll sign stuff. There you go. So click uh, like, share, and you brought, you brought up a, a good point in that rant somewhere, and uh, you mentioned about cameras in, in general, mm -hmm. and it's an intriguing point because you know most time that that just people see spirits. A ghost. They just see it with their eyes. They're not looking through a camera lens. They're not looking through an infrared camera lens. They're not looking through a broken camera lens. They're not looking through a ultraviolet camera lens. It's just with their eyes. Correct. So even if you got something on a infrared camera or a uh, ultraviolet, they saw is it? It certainly wasn't a ghost, was it? Well, it's, well, it certainly wasn't. It may, well, you can't say it certainly wasn't. It may be because 
Point so of, ghosts can go and... Well, I mean, if you photograph that chair, if we, I can see a chair. Yes. Now, if I were to photograph it in visible light, there would be a chair. But that chair would still be there in visible exactly. light. Exactly. Yes. So if I were to photograph it in infrared or ultraviolet, it would still be there, but yeah. it wouldn't appear the same. And a good example of that appears when... When you're wearing your black ghost fighter's outfit and you wander in front of... Crack me up. You you go in front of uh, an infrared camera, your clothing suddenly appears white. Mm -hmm. And the problem with these full-spectrum and thermal cameras is people, because they're being presented with information in a way that they think that they understand, Mm -hmm. when the system presents them with a normal anomaly of the system... So, for example, a thermal camera will also respond to infrared light from the... the Also reflections. And reflect infrared light also, you know, from the the camera lights. Yeah. They're not expecting that. And they're not trained to expect that. So then they go, we can't explain it. Right. But my point was, if, you know, someone sees a chair... And they're with their regular eyes, and then you take a picture of an ultraviolet, but you can't see it in your regular eyes. Then what, are you seeing the same chair, or are you seeing something different totally? Well, my point is, if the witness saw it with their own eyes, yes. why are you even bothering to photograph it in infrared? Because you want to make sure you get something. No, you only need no, to... No, no, that's why they do it, because no, they yeah, want to but, get something. But you are there to validate the claim. And mm-hmm. if their claim is that they saw it, they can only see it in the visible light spectrum with a few minor... Are they really there to validate their, screen, their claim or are well, they, they there to be. make themselves a name for themselves? Well, they should be there to validate the well, claim. Look at the chair I got. Yeah, they should be there to validate the claim. That is the job of an investigator, is to, valid, uh, is to, well, to understand the claim, not validate, but right. to understand... But try to understand what's going on. Exactly, basically. yeah. So you the word is investigate. You don't start understanding the nature of the experience by creating a whole raft of different experiences. Mm-hmm. That's complete nonsense. It's like going to a murder scene and taking a body, an extra body with you in case you don't find one. So let me ask you this then. Uh, if you were given a case where uh, a subject hears footsteps, I'll make it really simple. Mm-hmm. Sub- subjects hears footsteps on the stairs mm-hmm. uh, at night. Mm-hmm. So you go in and you set up a ultraviolet camera or an infrared camera. Well, it wouldn't. Well, I know that, but someone else did. And uh, they turn it on, and they've got a, a misty fog that comes down the stairs. Is that not evidence? Well, of course it's. I'm just curious. Because the the, the 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 homeowner or the witness declares he hears sounds, but they set up a camera and they get, instead of sounds, they get a mist in the same location and uh, that this thing, a phenomenon occurs. Well, as an investigator, you would be foolhardy to ignore it. Okay. Well, that's what I'm trying to get at. So, so you, have to, you have to assimilate that, inf- that additional layer of information. Yeah. If it doesn't, I mean, if it doesn't correspond with, with, for example, nobody's ever reported an apparition, they've only heard footsteps, mm-hmm. and then they produce this picture, then you have to 
consider the, the hypothesis and consider the experiments and tests that you can do to validate this extra because you would actually treat them as two separate instances because there is no there is no evidence to suggest that the misty shape is linked to the footsteps so you actually have two events now not one event so you would treat them as separate independent events until they can until perhaps they link themselves you know so you if they said, I took this picture whilst hearing footsteps. That was my next if, question for you. Or if you record something whilst. So when, you, when if we take temperature, there's many, many times where people go into haunted locations and record an abnormal temperature drop, which is something that ordinarily perhaps shouldn't take place. But they can't link that to the to the an apparition unless somebody says I, I i we measured a temperature drop whilst my colleague saw something so what you actually have is separate events with no not necessarily they might be linked but your job as the investigator is to find those links and find out the mechanisms, if you can, by which that experience is manifesting. Well, is that really the job of more of an analyst rather than the investigator? The investigator is there to collect evidence. Well, an investigation, the investigator collects evidence, sure. Yes. But the investigation is a process that, that encompasses analysis. Right, right, right. So, yes, once the evidence is collected, then then analyzed. That's right. Uh, sometimes by experts. Well, hopefully. Sometimes. Very occasionally it might happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but what tends to happen is they, because they're now all on live social media, like FaceTime and Live and MySpace Live and MyFace and all these other things, <coughs> they're tending to do the analysis either on crowd... Pressure. Crowd, well, you know, well, what do you think? And then everybody will email and they'll, they'll pick one. Uh, sort of like my cursed picture. Yeah. Or they're forced to do it in seconds on the fly. Mm-hmm. Instead of sitting back and taking time to consider the evidence and the information with, uh, which they've been presented with. Yeah, the sad part about it, too, is sometimes when you do collect evidence and you do come up with a conclusion on your evidence or analyze the evidence and uh, you you return it back to whoever called you in is sometimes that evidence is is not accepted because it doesn't uh, correlate with their beliefs. Oh, sure. So what do you do in a case like that? Well, you can only present the truth. Right. Belief doesn't alter fact. If it is the plumbing, you have to prove to them it's the plumbing. You can't just say, well, I think it's the plumbing. You mm-hmm. should be able to, as a good investigator... You have to be able to support your argument or your contention by showing the the supporting evidence that you've gathered. Well, I can see by our supporting evidence it's about time to take a break. So I guess we're going to have to do that. We'll continue when we come back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International right here on Tojinet and Parax Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrick Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messia Family Law Group. We'll be right back in North Andover, North Andover, Massachusetts. We'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. And you're very welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International with your host, New England's own Van Helsing, who has never, ever, ever in the history of this show since I've been doing it in the last eight and a half years failed to interrupt the intro from the co-host and me, the girls and me or something, who are sitting on the sofa at the beach house in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Hey, hey, welcome back. Where it's called Cloudy, actually. Yeah, it has. Once the show started, I noticed. I think it's a correlation between the two. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we have uh, the Red Light Seance tonight, which is... We do. Uh, How well, easy you do that? This is into our sixth year. That's been a long time. Six years is a long time. A lot of data. A lot of data. I'm thinking about putting it in a book, seriously, mm-hmm. so that people can... Make up their own minds and yeah, use no, it. no, no, no. It'll have to be something real catchy, right? Red light seance. I don't know. Ghost Chronicles, the seance, of the, the red light seance of the Red light like seance edition. Do the red leather, uh, red Moroccan leather. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, with with, with tassels and and candle wax on it. Ooh, tassels. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Or we could pop back up to uh, Maine but, and we, raid that shop again. We can make a. We can make a pop-up book. They could do a pop-up. You pop-up book. You open it up in the first seance. Pops up when you open the page. Next to a sort of hammer thing that you can be like whack a mole. Whack a mole. (laughs) (laughs) Pop-up runs all over the book. You know, play whack a mole. So uh, Saturday we have a. Ghost hunt, Harry Price ghost hunt. We do. We, well, we, we. So, how does a Harry Price ghost hunt differ from like a regular? Well, there's no overacting. That's probably ghost hunt. Well, you never can tell. Well, it's, it's going to be all women. It's essentially it's going to be a look at the more measured, objective way that Price, back in the 1920s, examined haunted houses. He didn't have a huge. He had equipment. 
but he didn't have a great the, the great range of bizarre ghost gadgets that we have today. And he didn't ignore the psychic components either. He was a re he regularly held seances during his ghost investigations. Because if you disregard the psychic, you're disregarding potentially a big chunk of, of evidence. My only objection to psychics has always been that they shouldn't lead the investigation or people shouldn't blindly follow them around and attribute greater weight to the information they got or they're providing simply because somebody says, I am psychic, I am sensitive. You should give everybody's account absolutely equal weight. If somebody says that they saw something, heard something, regardless of whether they claim to be sensitive or not, you should document it and give and weight it equally. Because we can't demonstrate psychic ability. So it's we've just, tried. We've tried. God knows we've tried. Yep. Um, but what you do have is an account of a person's experience, and just because they claim to be special doesn't mean that their account is special. But most people, you know, will. I mean, how many paranormal groups have resident mediums and the tech guy? I mean, it's part of the team, isn't it? You have the, the coordinator, you have the tech guy, you have the resident psychic or sensitive. Half the rest of the team are developing psychic or sensitives. They're all open-minded, sceptical believers. The mediums are all half, pretend to be all half scientists. Well, yeah, I'm a psychic, but I do like to look at things scientifically first. It's like saying I'm a Republican, but I do like I, I do vote for the Democrats periodically. Uh, anyways, uh, is it, didn't uh, Mozart? Was that led, led by psychics? Mozart? Yes, it was always yeah. right from day one. So, so we have them to blame. First of all, well, that did uh, no psychics have been uh, on invested. Medium-led groups have been on investigations for over a century, but they were quite rare. They were. Uh, I mean, when, during when, Borley. Well, and, and when I started my group, and uh, I, I wasn't going to use one, but I ran it to Maureen, and I said, well, you know what, I'm going to see if there's any validity in having a medium, blah, blah, blah. So I did it, and I took a lot of crap for that. But then it really changed the other way around. There, this. Like you said, a lot of them are led by mediums and psychics. I would still, I would still say that you put far too much story in what Maureen says. Really? No, that's because I haven't worked with her. So, yeah. you, so, but you have. So, you have learned or discovered that what she says has a, a reliability factor that you attribute to it. When you when you analyze an investigation, you can't. If you're using a medium, you cannot discount what the medium says or what's the use of having them, quite frankly. You'd be bloody stupid if you did. What? Discount what they say. Okay, right. You'd be so, naive. Right, exactly. So that's, if you do have it, then you have to include it in your investigation, but you must include the, the other material as well. I just said that. Yeah. But you said I put too much into boring. In my opinion, I think that you yeah. overweight what Maureen says. You just don't have a good opinion. But, uh, but I, oh, we have. We've worked with, um, we, we used to have a guy called Carl who said, Not Carl, really? Who said, Amazing Carl? No, Carl oh. took his own life. Oh. Um, but Carl, so that's quite me down. <laughs> but Carl on, a no Carl, on a number of occasions, uh, gave us information that was validated later 
that nobody, including ourselves, was aware of at the time. And when the validation um, was was found, um, we were able to demonstrate that it would have been impossible for Carl or us or anybody else to have had that information at that time. So I'm, I'm, I'm far from a, a person who would ridicule yeah, they mean the use of mediums as a, you know, in an appropriate and measured sense, the same as any other device. Exactly. I've always said she was a tool in my toolbox, yeah, which is always used against me. But I've tried to use a tool as well. Yeah. Now, anyway, so. Oh, yeah, people think I'm anti medium. No, I'm just anti using mediums in the wrong way. Right. But, I mean, they're all. I mean, when we talk about public ghost hunts, we talk about two different animals in reality. Well, they're all, they are. For the, I mean, people have always been interested in the supernatural and haunted houses. And it's perfectly legitimate. But, I mean, we're coming up to Halloween. Absolutely. And haunted houses are popping up like daisies in the, in the grass. Especially in New England. And if people want to go out for a fun night out with their friends to have a, you know, a scary, spooky, fun night out or to do what they want to do in a haunted house by way of their own investigation, then there are organisations and, com- and companies that, that offer that for a price and that's absolutely fine what I have always objected to is then the companies who are doing it clearly for profit and facilitating these individuals who want to just have a spooky night out with their friends by sitting in the dark and having a screen fest by branding it as a genuine investigation with real experiments and real science that's that's mis-selling. That's absolutely mis-selling. I agree. And that's where my that's where I've always I've I've worked with a lot of them, and I'm more than happy as we'll be doing on Saturday night. You've got to people are coming out on Saturday night. They're coming out mostly for a fun, scary night out with their friends, and I am going to facilitate that. But I'm not going to mislead them either. Uh, they'll get to play with mag lights. They'll get to play with all of the ghost toys. They will. You've got a mag light. I'm just I'm just saying that. Uh, um, but I'm not going to let them going, go away without showing them the alternative. And I'm not going to say this is what's happening. I'm going to say, well, you know, here are the possibilities. Now use your own critical thinking and evaluate it for yourself. Is it possible that the demon unscrewed the torch and made it flash? Or is it just possible that normally well-understood thermo... Um, Physics. Yeah, the physics of thermal expansion were taking over and, and the, the bulb and the battery were making and breaking contact with one another, lighting the bulb. Because I can reproduce that flashing light as you saw at Fort Constitution a year or so ago yeah. to to order because it's a well-understood phenomenon. Now, you have, in fact, you wrote the, the new uh, notes for the SBR, the blue book, Mm-hmm. I like the call. guidance notes for yes. investigators. Guidance notes. So, what exactly are those, uh, and and how would they help 
someone who wants to go into ghost investigating. Well, primarily, they're just a foundation of good practice. They're not a you must do. They're not a this is the only way to do it. You have to find your way of doing it. But these are the ways that um, over 150 years are just good practice. Like it's good practice to indicate to put your trafficators on when you're approaching a junction and turning. Not every driver does it, but it's good practice. Right. If you were mandated to do yeah, it, we have, and we have, find if you don't, yeah. that's not the SPR's way, it's not my way. I'm not going to yeah. order people and say, you in, must in Massachusetts, we, we have, if we see a, a car with their blinkers on, their, their signals on, uh, we always say it, it, they must have bought it that way. In the UK, because they're, they're not known to uh, use uh, directionals. No, it's the same in the UK, particularly with the German car, BMW and Audi especially. Yeah. If, if they've got their indicators on, um, the driver, I, I mean, on most BMWs, actually, indicators, trafficators are an optional extra. Mm-hmm. Or you, you would imagine they are. But no, it's not. It's not and the book d- does not, in fact... I was very, very careful when, um, after being commissioned to write it, to make sure that it wasn't a series of arbitrary commands. It is just suggestions. Now, there is one area where it does become more arbitrary, and that is when it comes to dealing with ethics and dealing with people in their homes or places of work. Mm-hmm. Because there are some uh, some areas where both parties can get themselves into really quite deep, hot water in their desire to prove the demon or investigate the case. I mean, there are some simple common sense things that you should be doing anyway, well, right? I mean, like... The, I, like, never going by yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, that, never, never, you know... There are, there are investigators now, and this, was, this actually appeared on an episode of TAPS, the investigators creeping around a child's bedroom while the young child slept. And they're in there with their cameras. Now, in 1968, the investigators at Enfield spent time in the bedroom with the two girls whilst they slept. And it wasn't considered in the 1960s to be anything unusual. And they had the full permission of the family. Yeah. Uh, but what sort of message in... In our, you know, we've 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 evolved socially and culturally. So, what sort of message does that send out when you see that on television? What sort of message did it send out last night when I watched Zach uh, interview a witness who was who believed in the story that they were telling, and then he said, "Oh, clearly she she had she was mentally ill." Now. She'll watch that, her family will watch that, her friends will watch that, and there you go. She'll never have the resources to see. Mm-hmm. So ethically, you have to be... And it also cautions investigators to be mindful of what they're saying and of their actions. So, for example, when you go to the house, you know, introduce how you introduce yourself you know, um, and, and how you open the lines of dialogue with with the people, if you go in there and say, "So, where's the ghost?" There's a leading question there, isn't there? You are already presupposing that whatever it is is that ghost. The investigator's role is is not to uh, is to gain information. 
So hi, you know, introduce yourself. What what's been happening? You know, why did you call us? Get them. You know, you're not giving them any information. You're not leading them in any way. Right. So, and investigators will sit. Oh, and some do. They they uh, they'll sit on their hands. And go, oh, we do that anyway. Yeah. But they'll it, come in. They'll ask you. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I've been, how I've often been, does the demon come? Well, I've been doing it 45 years, and I'm not above revisiting uh, some good quality books. Uh, that were written back in the 70s and 60s and 50s and 40s and 30s. Because like in the military, like in medicine, you have to constantly retrain and refresh and retrain to retain the information to develop these practices. Not, oh, we do that anyway, uh, because that's what we do. So you've also written Ghostology, which is a much larger book. Mm -hmm. How does that vary uh, differ from uh, the, the Cliff Notes? Uh, the, uh, the guidance notes are guidance. are literally that. It, it's a short series of notes. It's almost a ready reckoner uh, because you can't, in, in the format, go into great detail. So the the in depth into, for, particularly when it relates to some, uh, items like equipment, mm -hmm. because um, there there are times when equipment is an asset to the investigator. There are times when the equipment is a, a hindrance and a nuisance to the investigator. Both books say that, but what Ghostology goes on to explain is what the equipment is measuring, how it will respond, and how it can be interpreted, and how you can get the best information from using the equipment. So I've got more space in Ghostology to give them much more information. More in-depth stuff. Yeah. Right. Whereas the guidance notes are something you, it's smaller if you pop it in your flight case. I mean, for God's sake, I wrote it, I carry a copy of it. Not because I want to show it to people, but because even I, you know, what, every camera that, that we use or, on an investigation, every sound recorder that we use on an investigation, uh, every thermometer that we use on an investigation, I have the instruction manual with me. Because I don't know every function. I don't know every mode. I don't know every setting. And if you don't use something regularly, then you how do I switch it to? So, so I, think I, I have the information. I don't just sit there jabbing at buttons. Because if I want to, say, for example, I'm sitting and I, I, something takes place and I want to activate a piece of equipment and I haven't done it for three months, you don't have the opportunity to sit there and start jabbing at buttons. Mm -hmm. You have to reach up. It's rather like when driving a car. You know where all of the controls are. Well, most people do. You obviously. But, you know, I know where the wiper controls are, where the indicator controls are, where the heater controls. You just instinctively reach to move these things and activate these functions. And if you're using a piece of equipment, then you should instinctively know how it works. And where you don't, because of lack of practice, then you... Pilots, my friend, member of Parasites, James, is an airline pilot for a very large commercial company. They undergo extensive training. They undergo extensive refresher training over and over and over, several times a year. And on that flight deck is also a full set of checklists and manuals for every part of that aircraft. And it's there for a reason, because the two guys at the front are also human. 
So another thing, and you touched about it on it a little bit earlier before, like uh, the rest of them are uh, coming mediums. Uh, do you do you believe in, in that groups should have specialists or experts in particular fields in the team? Well, if if somebody has a job role, and wouldn't it, wouldn't it help them if? If they were, for instance, if, if they worked with cameras all the time, they knew all these things, it wouldn't be like you have to look up something in a well, of course. book. Of course, and we do that in parasites. Right. So because do you specialist, <coughs> is, is that the way to go, or is it more? If you have the opportunity, if somebody is, um, for example, they, they work for the BBC, and they make, you know, they, they, they make they're a cameraman, and so their, their job role is making, if you then put them to measure temperature, I'm sure they could do a very good job, but I'm sure if you gave put them in charge of photography, videography and photography, they would do a better job. Mm-hmm. You, you know, people have got, in addition to their jobs, they have hobbies and life experiences, which gives them degrees of expertise through. Or at least experience. Well, expertise through experience. Yeah. You know, there are many, many, many professional photographers who are highly skilled and highly uh, – I can't remember the word – but with the use of the equipment that they're using. Now, if you go and give them something completely alien, then you are throwing away a potential advantage that you have. If, If you have someone who has medical training, or additional skills in other areas. Like witness-taking, for instance, like if you were a copper. And, exactly. Yeah. And parascience uses people. We look at people, and we look at not just the job, but their hobbies. And even, it doesn't even matter if, if it, they don't work in those areas. We, we ask people, what are they most interested in? Because people will always give their best if they are doing something that they are interested in. So if somebody comes along and says, well, you know, to be honest with you, um, you know, I really, I really like sort of like the equipment side of things, then we will incorporate them where possible. We will, we will assist them and help them to develop the skills. Whereas we wouldn't sit them, you know, or you could sit over there with a notebook and pen, but we have people in parasites and that is what they enjoy most is sitting there and just looking around and experiencing the ambiance of the building and documenting that experience. They have no desire to be bothered with the equipment. So we don't impose that upon them. Um, we ask them to do some limited measuring. So you, you play people to their advantages because that very much gives you... What you're looking for is giving yourself every leg up that you can to maximize your opportunity of understanding what it is that the right. witness can give you the best possibly, quality results of yeah. investigation. Yeah. Right. So right. Which absolutely horses for courses, it's a good saying. We don't use horses in parasites. I was just wondering that you know. and the other thing parasites doesn't do is bizarre unnecessary experiments. Right. You know, we don't we don't we are looking at the experience that the person had. So there is no point in then doing an experiment. So you don't bury anybody, anybody no, in the ground. Because or... all we're going to end up is, as, as, you, as you said before, um, 
the person heard footsteps, then a photograph was taken. So there's two events that you've got to unravel. If you then go in um, with and do an experiment where... With a kitty. With a, with a kitty or a, or, a, or a trigger object, and you get some something happens there, then you've got a third problem to deal with. You know, you have an, when, you, when you have an experiment, first of all, before your experiment, you must have a hypothesis to test. Mm-hmm. And in order to have a t- hypothesis to test, you must have an observation or uh, an, an action that you wish to understand. So you, you, you observe the event or somebody observes the event. Then you formulate a hypothesis as to how it might have taken place, which you test by experimentation. You don't randomly, oh, tonight we're going to do an EVP experiment, a table tipping experiment, and a dancing round the Maypole. It's a good public ghost hunt. And a dancing round the Maypole cup with the human pendulum experiment. Because it's Ooh. going to give you meaningless. You're either going to drown under, drown under evidence or mislead yourself with so much meaningless nonsense that you're never going to find your way, way out of a damp paper sack. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I think one of the most misunderstood areas in today's investigating is audio. And people who have extremely little training in, in audio uh, are producing all kinds of fantastic results, and uh, according to them. Well, it's an interesting truth that when, for example, we go back to airliners, when they crash, they have two black boxes. One is the one that we call to all the flight parameters. The other one is the cockpit voice recorder. And there is a small group, there's probably less than a dozen in the world, of individuals who are trained to analyse sounds and the, the, uh, that are recorded by the, cockpit, the microphones in the cockpit voice recorder. They have many years of, of training um, and of you know, both theoretical and practical, but ultimately they are making the judgment call. The computer or the analysis can say, this is what it most likely is, this is what it resembles, here are the frequencies, here is the the amplitude, here is the waveform. But you then come down to to the training of that individual. What you have with investigators is they already believe that they have an EVP of a demon telling them to get the hell out of, get out of town. So then they sit down with audacity or some other self-work and they twiddle with the settings um, in a sort of blind way. I mean, Audacity is actually quite a very complex program. Mm-hmm. You know, for all its apparent simplicity, it, it's a very complex program. It's actually a pretty decent uh, program. And you can destroy your audio track for all time. Mm-hmm. You know, they also don't use the forensic process of ev- make one small change and then save it, record it, and then make another small change. They just random slide stuff up that. Wow, that's, that's the uh, doorbell means we got to wrap it up. But it means oh. that we can't ever go back step by step by step and examine what it is that the yeah. guy doing the audio analysis was ever doing. And the same applies. Another another simple thing, and this is something that we we've been doing since the the beginning, is uh, recording with two recorders at a minimum, so that you have. Uh, 
at least it's, if it's going to be on one and not another, you have what was going on on that. For instance, EVP supposedly is is the, the manifestation of the voice on the white noise or recorder. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's good practice to have two recorders. Yeah, sure. same yeah. as it's good practice to investigate the set side by side. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't even do that. They just got their one recorder, whatever they get on it, and you. If you have it, especially, they like to use crappy recorders. Well, because they're noisy. Yeah, exactly. And because they think they're right. noisy. And but if you're going to use a crappy recorder, you always have to make sure if you, you have a damn good one right next to it. No, because so they that, bought 10 crappy ones. So, so that you know that that growl was the guy's stomach next to you. If I had $100, if I, had $100 I would buy two 50-pound recorders, mm-hmm. not 10, $10 recorders. Right. But unfortunately, it's changed. But we have to wrap it up. So, anyways, yeah, uh, so can they head down to uh, Whit- Whitman Mass on Friday? On Friday, Whitman Mass, they can get their tickets there and sign copies of the guidance notes. And sign copies, and also up at the Wyndham, you can uh, you'll be up there doing the world's most haunted house. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the tickets and everything's available at anyghostproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. So, Steve, I so guess. Well, almost. We still have uh, 15 seconds. with a snapping turtle. Seven seconds. we got three seconds. Oh, those pelicans, snapping turtles, and gators. Who won? Who? Uh-huh. Okay, fair enough. Me All right, there's the tunes. So we got to say good night. Good night and God bless. Good night and God bless. Good afternoon and God bless. Whatever. Wherever you are in the world. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.